train. Let's go ahead and look at our Bible now. Second Timothy chapter number four. Second Timothy chapter four. Let's uh, let's go ahead and read these verses, and then we're going to walk through them together. Verse number one says, "I charge thee, therefore." Chapter 4, verse 1, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall he they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Heavenly Father, would you bless your word? Again, um, Lord, this thought tonight, would you again help us to understand? May it, I don't know what your purpose is, Father, completely. But, Father, may, again, as we look at the Scriptures, understand what preaching is for and how important it is in the day that we're living in that we preach your word. Uh, Lord, again, help us as not just those who preach, but those who listen to preaching. That, Father, again, that we would understand the purpose of why you designed preaching in our hearts, in our lives. And Lord, again, help us tonight. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your people. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Church family, I just want to, I feel like the Lord tonight would have me just to go through three or four of these verses, and this is the direction I feel like the Lord's led us tonight. I have messages that we could preach on this, but to be honest with you tonight, I just want to talk about this idea of preaching. You came out on a Sunday night. I, don't, I feel like almost to a degree that this is so elementary as far as the preaching, the things that maybe I've said before, uh, that you've read before. But can I just tell you, it's, what he says in verse number three and four is true. We're, get, we're living in a day where people do not want preaching. And it's the bottom line. And I want to tell you why. Preaching is confrontational. And people don't like preaching because they don't want to be confronted. Listen to me tonight. I, I, I'm just, this idea, and, I, and it goes back to this Laodicean age of the rights of the people. You don't have a right to tell me or to show me where I'm wrong. I just want you to understand God's still your heavenly father. And fathers still have a right. I, I had a, my next door neighbor caught me this afternoon when I came home. And I, obviously it was of the Lord that I came home this afternoon because uh, I don't normally. And I swung by the house and the neighbor caught me out front and said, hey, listen, there was somebody that came, Oh, just forgive me. I, I don't quite, I still haven't wrapped my mind around this. I just moved to this new community. I live on a court. Neighbor meets me as soon as I get out of my car. And he says, I just want you to know somebody pulled up into your driveway and they were going too fast. And I just wanted you to know about it. Okay, now I did the pastor thing. And I just want you to know I did the Christian thing. I am so glad you told me that. And if it ever happens again, I want you to tell me because if they're going too fast, I'm going to make sure I tell them not to. All righty. But you know, I want to tell you something. I told my neighbor that I said, I just want you to understand. Now, this particular person was not my child that pulled up into my house coming on three wheels, of course, into the court. And I just, this was their description. So anyway, I told him, I said, listen, I said, if it's one of my kids, I want to know about it because I still spank. I told my neighbor that. And my wife said, why did you tell him we spank? Because <laughs> I want to clear the air right at the beginning. I'm a Christian. Amen. If my kids do wrong, I'll definitely make sure I can take care of it. Now, can I just tell you, we're living in a day that that same mentality, it's like we got to be careful about what we say because people, they're tense. There's nothing to be tense about when it comes to the scripture. Preach the word. Preach the word. And listen, I know you as a congregation, you give liberty to the Heritage Baptist Church and as far as the preaching that comes from behind the pulpit, that as long as it's coming from the word of God, we all ought to be in agreement. What does the word amen mean? I agree. And we ought to agree with the word of God. And by the way, sometimes it does get a little tense because it leans on things that we're doing wrong where we're not right with God. And nobody likes to be told they're doing wrong. Now let's look at the context of scripture tonight. Please follow me for just a little bit. In the very first phrase, he says, I charge thee therefore. 
Now, whenever you find a therefore, you find out what's prior to the word therefore. The chapter divisions were not there when the Bible was written. These chapter divisions were put in. Again, we understand that the previous verses is what he's talking about. What's the previous verses? Let's just, let's just back up two instead of going too far. Verse number 16. All, what's the next word? Is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Is profitable. What for? For doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So when he says in chapter 4, I charge thee therefore, here's what he's saying. Therefore, because the word of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Therefore, Timothy, I'm charging you. And now he's, the charge is verse number 2. But what does he say again in verse number one? I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick, those who are alive, and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Now listen, we're gonna be judged at the judgment seat of Christ at his appearing. Rapture takes place, trumpet blows. Come up hither. We all ascend up into heaven. We go, from, we go from the clouds into the heavens and at the judgment seat of Christ, God will judge the quick and the dead. Those who are alive. Those who are with him. Listen to me. Every person who preaches the word of God is not under judgment by the congregation that's listening to them. They're under the judgment of God at the judgment seat of Christ. The crown of glory God's going to give to all those who feed his flock. But if you're not feeding the flock, you're not going to get that at the, at the judgment seat of Christ. So it's important. What Paul's trying to say is this. He says, Paul, I'm charging you. I'm ordering you. I'm commanding you before God himself. What, is, what was he commanding? Look at verse number two. What's the first three words? Let's say it together. Preach the word. Preach the word. Hey, listen, I know this message tonight could go to preachers tonight. It could go to me as a pastor tonight. But I believe it's to you tonight. Because why? All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for proof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness. Hey, listen, there's enough churches out there that all, all they want to talk about is how God's a loving God and a merciful God and a compassionate God. And he is. But he's also a God of judgment. He's also, as, he, as the evangelist said a moment, a God of holiness. That he expects us to live a clean life. And as David prayed in Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God. Help me to put the right things in so that the right stuff comes out. I want to tell you something. We need preaching like that. Because I want to tell you, that's what the word preaches. And he says, preach the word. Just remember the word preach means to herald. It means to cry aloud. Now listen, I know we have different styles of preaching. And by the way, you should never get used to one particular style. Uh, I, I talk about the kids who've grown up here and the only one they know is me. But can I just tell you something? I'm not the only preacher. They're gonna go to a host of other churches and there's a different style of preaching. But as long as the person's preaching the word, that's the kind of preaching you need. That's the kind of preaching all of us need as long as they are preaching the word. That's what we're supposed to do. Cry aloud. I want to tell you something. I, th I was just thinking about the different messages in the scripture. Jesus preached, and the Bible says, he said, ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, how can ye escape the damnation of hell? I wonder how they would have liked his preaching. When you look at uh, John the Baptist preaching, for John said unto Herod, it is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. You know, I want to tell you, sometimes, and by the way, from this side of the pulpit, it does, it does get a little nervy if you're not careful, because we want to preach, not that we want to please people, but we don't want to hurt people. And there's a difference there. There's a difference there. Listen, church family, there's people inside this auditorium right now 
that, that I'm sorry, there's a variety of people on the side of the auditorium right now. There's some Christians in here that have just gotten saved. There's some Christians in here that they've gotten saved and saved a long time, but they haven't grown in their faith. There's some people in here who have been saved a long time and, and, and maybe have grown in their faith. There are people who are weak Christians in here. There are people who are strong Christians in here. There's people who are carnal Christians in here. There's people who are spiritual Christians in here. You have a variety of Christians when the preaching is coming out and the word of God through the spirit of God does the work that it's supposed to do in every one of those hearts. But the preacher is very knowledgeable of that, of that, in the sense that he does not want to hurt somebody, but yet some things need to be said in order for somebody to grow as a Christian. The object of preaching is, yes, the evangelization of the lost, but it's also the edification of the saved. If you are going to be built up in your faith, the only way that's going to happen is through the preaching of the word of God. Amen. It's the only way it's going to happen. Listen, I know that the, over the years, you've been here a long enough time, we've had a variety of preachers and we've had a variety of messages, Okay. I cringe when a person reads one verse of Scripture and they never go back to it. I cringe when a person reads one verse of Scripture and they, they preach something that's not even close to what they read a moment ago. Can I just tell you that preaching the Word is what we're supposed to preach? And if you study preaching throughout the Scriptures, you're going to find that the only thing that was preached was the Word, was Jesus Christ, was His coming or the kingdom, and the gospel. Those, is what the, those are the things, and I think all of that entails the word of God, but that's what the preaching was, to cry aloud, to herald. When you look at Isaiah, you look at Ezekiel, you're going to find out that Isaiah and Ezekiel, they clapped with their hand, they stomped with their feet, they made a loud noise. They, the Bible says they preached as a trumpet. Ezekiel 6, verse number 11. Then saith the Lord God, smite with thine hand and stomp with thy feet. Now, I want to tell you, I don't think that every pastor has to stomp with his feet, slap with his hand. But I want to tell you something. There's something exciting about the word of God. Amen. Abraham Lincoln said that, every, that he likes to hear preaching where a person would get behind the pulpit as if they were fighting bees. In other words, there's something about preaching that excites us. A person one time, I don't know where they got it, said that I talked fast. <laughs> talking fast is not, I mean, I talk, if you know me in general conversation, it's not so much that I talk fast, it's that when I want to preach, it's exciting. There's, there's, something, there's something about the Word of God that, over, that overcomes a person. It's not, it's not a matter of trying to be articulate. Believe me, we know that doesn't happen here. But we understand that the Word of God, there's an excitement about the Word of God because it's His Word. There's a power in it. So when he says that Timothy, Paul speaking, he says, Timothy, I want you to preach the word and I'm charging you, I'm ordering you, I'm telling you that this is what you're supposed to do. Look at your Bible again, verse number two, here's what he says. He says, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Now, this word instant means to stand upon, all right? So when he says you're to be instant, he says, he's not talking about, you know, throw your popcorn in the microwave, turn it on, instant popcorn. That's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about instant, the messages need to be short and quick. That's not what he's talking about, okay? When he says instant, he says something that you can stand upon. By the way, the word of God is what we can stand upon. Amen. Nothing wrong with illustrations. There's nothing wrong with personal, uh, personal experience. There's nothing wrong with that, to, to, again, to point things back, to make it applicable to the word of God. But I want to tell you, we don't stand upon a person's personal opinion. We don't stand upon a person's illustration. We stand upon the word of God. It's what, get, it's what is our faith and practice. I was talking to a, a young man this, uh, yesterday, in fact, that was interested as far as joining the church. 
And I, and I gave, he, uh, if I remember correctly, he asked me for it. I gave him a church constitution. By the way, if you never read the church constitution, a church constitution is the written document of the church that tells what the church believes. If we ever go to court, I cannot stand up in court and say, this is what the word of God said. They won't accept the word of God. But if you have a written document, your written document is what you can stand upon. It just so happens that our written document is full of the word of God. Because that's what a church is about. Our faith and practice is upon the word of God. By the way, that's what your faith and practice should be. It's, it's how I live. It's what I stand upon. So he's talking to Timothy. And what does he say? I charge thee, I command you, I order you before God that you make sure you preach the word, word herald it, speak it, tell it. And then he says, be instant about it, stand upon it. And then he says, be instant in season, out of season. Now, these two phrases are interesting. They both basically the flip of a coin, one side to the other. But in season means opportunately and conveniently. Out of season, obviously, is inopportunately. All right, so here's, if I can word it like this. He says, Timothy, I want you to preach. I want you to stand upon. I want you to herald the word of God. In season, when it's opportune. Out of season, when it's not opportune. I want you to preach and stand upon the word of God when it's easy and when it's hard. I want you to stand upon the word of God when they like it, when they don't like it. I want you to stand upon the word of, word of God when it comes quickly or when it takes a long time. Amen. That's the kind of preaching we should have. That's, right. Amen. That's the kind of preaching we should have. Church family, I don't know if you remember or not, but I, to me, uh, as, your, as a pastor and as yours, yours, I was really nervous when the, when the COVID thing first started because, to be honest with you, I didn't know how you were going to react. I knew in my heart that we could not stop having church. I knew it. I knew it because God said not forsake the assembly of ourselves together. I knew it because man cannot, just, can, cannot be telling the church what to do. God tells the church what to do. If you've got COVID and you're sick, you need to stay home. But it doesn't take away the fact that church doors are supposed to be open. This is where we gather together. The word assembly means to come together. And I'm just telling you, you already know this, but it really irritates the fire to me that independent Baptist churches and preachers want to stand up and excuse why they didn't have church. If you don't have church, that's fine. But don't get on the internet and tell everybody else they're wrong because they had church. How stupid can you be? But we can talk about that now. And I'm very thankful because you stayed in church. You stayed with it. You didn't give up. You didn't quit. And, and, and be honest with you, I don't even think, think I can say you followed the pastor. I think it was in your heart, we're supposed to be at church. Amen. I just said we're going to have, and all of a sudden I was shocked you came. What's wrong with you? <laughs> but what is going to happen if this happens again? What's going to happen if, this, if it's not this issue about, you know, it's, it's not healthy to be there? What, what are they going to do next time and, and they try to make some other law? I want to tell you, this was a test run for the devil, if nothing else, to find out if, and by the way, there are a bunch of people, they just gave it up. Preach the word, be instant in season when it's easy and out of season. When everybody's going to church, when nobody's going to church. Preach the word. Look what he says next. <clears throat> when it's opportune, when it's not opportune. Then he says really what preaching should be. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. You know, church family, you cannot get around the scriptures that preaching is going to bring to light something in our life that's not supposed to be there.
You ever discipline, or I should say when, when you discipline your children, does it ever get tense? When you discipline your children, and especially as they get older, because I think it's a little more tense, but as they get older, your kids, does it ever get tense with you when you say, hey, listen, you're wrong? Especially as they get older and they, they think they have a, a good reason for why it was wrong. And then you have to say, sorry, your reason's wrong, my reason's right, you're wrong. I, I just, I don't, I, don't, I don't do well with this thing of you can only say certain things. So I want to say it over the internet and to you. Spanking is biblical. So when it's time to discipline your children, what do you do? I say, you, I, I don't know how you do yours. We take them to the room and say, listen, you, sh you shouldn't have done that. I don't want you doing that again. And if my, as my kids get older, I don't mind discussing things, but it's not going to change the fact. If you're wrong, you're wrong. This is the way it's going to happen. So then I say, okay, now you put your hands on, hands on the bed. You put your hands on your bed. I, I use a paddle. My dad used a belt. I think my dad used a cat of nine tails. <laughs> I use a paddle. I just put your hands on the bed. I usually go three to five swats. If, if for some reason I think their spirits, you know, they want to be hard-willed with me, it could be six or seven or eight or ten. My dad couldn't count. <laughs> I think his was 40 and 50. But, 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 but I spank until I try to break their will. And some, the, the, I, crying is, is part of it. You know, as far as their will being broken. And then, when, of course, once, once their will is broken, um, sometimes, most of the time we'll pray together. If there's something that has to be done, like an apology to somebody, they have to go and make sure that they get the things right. But I'm just telling you, it's not easy. It's tense. And as a dad, especially as the kids get older, you don't want to do that. You know, when they're three, four, and five, you know, get over here. I'm going to whip your hide. You know, when they start to get older, you don't necessarily like to do that. But I want to tell you something. It's necessary. And you know what God does with the reason you come to church? is so sometimes he can reprove you. And you know as well as I do, sometimes the reproving doesn't come from the pulpit. It's you're sitting in a service and the Holy Spirit of God brings something to your mind that has nothing to do with what the preacher's talking about. And it's God saying, hey, listen, you know you shouldn't be doing that. Reprove means to bring to light. Rebuke means to scold sharply. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Rebuke means to scold sharply. Now I want to tell you, we have, we have young people that are growing up today that are soft-skinned. I'm talking about soft skin. You know, we, we, we talk about my father. My father was a very loud, boisterous person. And if he was mad or upset about something, believe me, you weren't the only one that knew. The person three, weeks, three, three, three blocks away knew. But I want to just tell you, whether you like it or not, that was good for me. Because you know what? If you start yelling at me, I ain't falling apart. Believe me, been there, done that, and guys a lot bigger than you have yelled at me. We got a bunch of kids today. If you get a <laughs> baby, that's what you are. Is you're a big baby. Just in case you didn't hear me, you're a baby. You know, rebuke means to scold sharply. If you're not doing right, you should be thankful that there's somebody that tells you. Amen. Now, I want to tell you something. When that neighbor, I don't know if he's lost or saved, gave him a gospel track. I'm sure I'll chance to talk to him some more, try to be friendly. But I told him as he started to walk away, he said, wait a second. I said, I want to thank you for telling me. And if anything like that happens again, I want you to come back and tell me again. You know why? Because obviously, I don't want people speeding in the court, especially if they're, whether it's a relation or somebody that I know. I don't want that to happen. It's a bad testimony. And you know what? Some of you ought to be thankful that somebody tells you when you're wrong. Amen. 
baby. Some of you, some of you got that look on your face. You look like a baby. That's your problems. Somebody gets on you and, you know, you, well, they, they shouldn't talk to me like that. You ought to be thankful that somebody does talk to you like that. Because there's a bunch of churches, they're not going to talk to you. You're going to go to a bunch of churches and what they're going to tell you, oh, you're such a good Christian. You're not a good Christian. Your righteousness is as filthy rags. You're rotten to the core. Oh, I don't like to be in churches where they tell me how bad I am. You're bad. <laughs> Reprove, rebuke, exhort. You know what the exhort means? It means to urge by strong argument. In other words, what's our argument? Our argument is the word of God. This is what tells us how we're supposed to live our life. Just really listen to me. I know that we're supposed to be compassionate. I know we're supposed to love people. The second greatest commandment in the scriptures is love your neighbor as yourself. But you can love people and tell them the truth. Amen. <laughs> Preach the word. He says, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, rebuke, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the longest time, I thought long-suffering meant to love, but that's not what it means. It means to be patient. When the Bible says that we're supposed to preach the word as pastors, as Timothy, as he was supposed to preach, he says with long-suffering. In other words, be patient to let people grow in their faith. People are not going to do it instantly. That's why we should be in church, and the longer you're in church, you're edified, you grow in your faith. It doesn't happen instantly. So the preacher can't get upset or, or be impatient with God's people in their, in their growth of their spiritual life. Hey, I want to tell you something. I learned a long time ago that I'm not going to get irritated about a person's spiritual growth because you're the one that has to answer to God, not me, when it comes to your own decisions that you make. Just remember, I love you, but you're not robots. You're individuals that have a Holy Spirit of God that dwells inside of you, and you have to make decisions on whether or not you're going to grow closer to God or farther away. I can't make that decision for you. So guess what? And I say this, and I don't mean this in a bad way. I'm not going to lose sleep on whether or not you're right with God or not. I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to ask God to protect you, and I'm going to ask God to be merciful to you. But I'm not going to lose, lose sleep over it because I'm, for one reason, you have to decide that. So when he says be with long-suffering and doctrine, he's saying be patient, but use the word of God to show what's right. Look what he says next here in verse number four, uh, three. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Now, Trisha, would you agree with me we're there? The time will come, well, the word sound means uncorrupt. The time will come when they will not endure sound teaching, sound instruction, sound doctrine. We're there. We're there. Hey, I don't know for a fact, but you're trying to how many people do you think in Lawrence, Kansas, are in church on a Sunday night? Hey, you can't correct me right now, but you should tell me if I, after the service. I don't know of another church. I'm sorry, I know of one in Lawrence that might be having church right now. One. You know why? Because all the other churches in Lawrence, Kansas got their religious obligation out of the way this morning. You don't think we're living in that day where people do not want to endure sound doctrine? This is the day that we're living in. 
Church family, you have to make sure that your walk with God is right, that the reason you come to church is because you want God to use his word in your heart, that you will live and obey God for your family's sake, for this nation's sake. That's the day we're living in. Look what he says next. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Now, church family, what does he mean by that when he says after their own lust? In other words, they want what they want. Trisha, do you know why we're, we're living in a day where this worship team and this uh, electric guitar, electric piano, um, foot stomping, beat, beat in, the, in the background music is going on? I'm just trying to tell you, the reason all that kind of stuff is going on in Baptist churches right now, because it's after their own lust. It's what they want. It's what they enjoy. And it's the same thing with preaching the word of God. Okay. I know this passage is a little bit heavy. And I know even the wordings of it all, reprove, rebuke, exhort. You know, we don't really like that. You know, this morning we preached on few. You know what? You guys seem so happy and so light. You don't look very light right now. Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Narrow is the way that leadeth to life ever stead. Oh, yes, I'm saved. I'm part of the few. Okay, so tonight, the time's going to come where they're not going to endure sound doctrine. And as Christians, we need to make sure we preach the word. Our pastors need to preach the word and be instant in season when it's easy, when it's not easy. And we need to reprove, rebuke, and exhort. And that's not what people like. But can I just tell you, it's exactly what he says in the next verse. The time's going to come. People will not endure sound doctrine. You know what they say to themselves? I don't have to go to church here. I can find somewhere else that preaches the word. You know what they're trying to say? I want to go somewhere that I can have itching ears, somewhere where I can go to, and they make me feel good. It's after their own lusts. Do you feel good every time you leave church? Say yes, all right? You know, there's times you come to church, and thank God I'm saved and it's wonderful, and there's other times you leave a church and say, I'm not right with God and I'm not very happy. But can I tell you something? That's good, though. Because if you just go to churches that's just feeding your flesh, it's not feeding your spirit. Look what he says next here, verse number four. They shall turn away, verse number four, he says, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Fables, that's, that's Jack and the Beanstalk. That's Little Red Riding Hood. That's Leave it to Beaver. I'm not sure that's a fable, but... Hey, sanctify them through thy truth, thy. This is what we need. Amen. So we need it on a regular basis. We need people to get up and preach the word of God and say, okay, this is what the word of God says. This is what the word of God means. And this is what we're supposed to be doing with it. That's what we need when it comes to preaching. Hey, I don't know. I don't know how much longer this thing's going to last. I know, the t- I know time's limited. I know some of you don't even like me talking about that. But I'm going to just tell you something. Our time is limited here. Number one, the Lord's going to come back, and it could be tonight. Amen. That's number one. Number two, the, the time of life is going very, very quickly. I don't know about you, but what's heritage going to be like 10 years from now? Have you ever thought about that? Now, I'm 52, I could be gone tomorrow, but, you know, most of these guys, about 65, they're done, all righty? And some of the guys who preached beyond 65, they were done, they just didn't know it. 
And I don't want that to happen. I'm 52 and I'm not done, so don't even come tell me I'm done. Did you know that this church is only one preacher away from apostasy? Did you know this church is only one, one pastor away from having a split? This, this, and by the way, it could happen with me. But I'm just trying to tell you here, this, this is, what's eternal is our soul. Us gathering, choice. I want to tell you something. I know that there's going to be some services you're going to leave here and it's going to be heavy. You're going to leave some services here and you're going to leave happy. But as long as we're preaching the word, you need to accept the reprove, rebuke, and exhort because that's what makes you the Christian you need to be. That's what makes you the Christian you should be. So tonight's message is I'm preaching. Keep being accepting of it. Don't lose sight that this, this is not about coming so I can hear a fairy tale. It's about me coming so I can hear the truth. Whatever the Lord's trying to teach me in my life, be acceptable. God, I want, I want whatever needs to be changing in my life. I'm not going to compare myself with somebody else. I'm not going to measure myself by myself. I need you to show me what you want. And when it comes to the preaching of your word, help me to grow in my faith. Help me have an understanding of the scripture and help me to apply it to my life. Because why? Truth doesn't change. Truth will not. What's changing today is our churches because of the people who are pastoring them. That's what our problem is. You know, I want to tell you, what's coming out of our colleges today is not very good, by the way. It's not very good. The college students that we have in our college right now, I'm thankful for the ones that are here, but truthfully they were already made what they are before they ever got here. They're coming here for ideas. They're coming here for sharpening. To a degree, they're coming here to basically learn truth. But much of what their character and what they are is already developed before they got here. That goes back to their mother and father. So watch, what I'm trying to say is this. We've got kids that are not being taught the truth. They're being raised in homes where they're not getting it. And then they're going to college. And they're taking on the, if I can say it this way, the ideology of the college, but not biblical truth. And then they're out going out and pastoring churches. Church, I, mean, I don't know who the next pastor of heritage is going to be because it's none of my business because God knows who it's going to be and he's going to use his people to find out who it is. The pastor doesn't say, he doesn't hand down the pastorate like he's some king. The congregation votes the next pastor in. Amen. Okay, two of us agree about that. Brother Schofield, we send our kids, you got a kid there, I got a kid to the college that we just sent them to, and they can work service nights in Miss Church and they don't get in trouble for it. So here you have guys that are learning for pastoral ministry. And by the way, I sent uh, Samuel away, and I said, Samuel, don't be, I didn't say stupid, but I said, Samuel, listen, make sure now you don't miss church. This is crazy. Why would you send a person to a Bible college to learn how to be a pastor and miss church for four years so they can quote unquote pay their bill and miss church Wednesday nights and Sunday, Sunday nights because it's okay, because it's okay for me to miss church so I can pay my school bill. And then you're going to go out and pastor a church. I promise you, I promise you that those kind of pastors will never preach, not forsaking the assembly of yourselves together as the manner of some is because they've been trained for four years. It's okay for them to miss church. And now all of a sudden I'm a pastor and I'm going to tell people to come to church. It isn't going to happen. I'm just telling you the reason our churches are going, are going south is because these guys who quote-unquote are trying to prepare for ministry are going to places that are not preparing them for ministry. Right. Amen. And then you're going to call one of them. 
Church family, brother, um, brother Ope, <laughs> brother Mark, <laughs> Opie, brother Ope Sinday. And he was here this week, talked to him for three more, uh, three, he was here for three, two or three days. I was, I was with him for a little bit, just a short amount of time, maybe an hour, maybe an hour and a half, maybe. <clears throat> He's going to start the church. And I know some people are, I've uh, been concerned for me and I'm so thankful. But Brother Opshindek, he's not what I am. I'm just telling you right now. But to be honest with you, guys from this church are not. You, you, you cannot cookie cutter somebody who is here. All right? My mother's sitting in the back. And dad died, what, 15 years ago as of May? 15, am I correct on that, mom? Am I right? Does, and does Sauk Village have a pastor yet? No. And you know what the problem, part of the problem was for Sauk Village Baptist Church, the place that I grew up is? They were looking for another Dr. John Hanks. It ain't going to happen. They ought to be thankful it didn't happen. He was one of a kind, one of a kind. Wish you could have met him. Well, he was my hero, my, my dad, my friend. I miss him terribly, but he was one of a kind. Brother Mark's going to start a church over there, and we're going to help him. We're going to help him with building. We're going to help him with a lot of different things. God's already done some really miraculous things for Brother Upshindek as well as for our church, for our starting that church, some miracles. I mean, who would think that we already own a building over there? But listen to me. Brother Mark is not my pastor. And he can wear crazy socks all he wants. He's not my pastor. <laughs> Weird sock guys, I tell you. Some of you, I got some college kids that are like that still, you know. I have to tell them, when we're going out to a service to somebody else, do not be wearing their weird stuff. You want to wear weird stuff here, somebody knows you're weird, that's fine. But don't wear it out there. <laughs> Stupid. But I want to tell you something. Brother Mark is going to pastor a church, and we're going to help him get that thing started. And God, because churches start churches, individuals not start churches, churches start churches. But I want to tell you something. The key is this. Whoever makes him their pastor, they have to know that that's the leadership I'm going to follow. I'm telling you right now. If you think you're going to duplicate of Heritage Baptist Church, Brother Abshinnik and I are completely different people. And you cannot get past a pastoral leadership is what leads a congregation. But there is one thing we will have in common. It won't be the socks, by the way. <laughs> Preach the word. Amen. I believe with all my heart that we will have that in common. Preach the word. And that's the kind of church you need to make sure you're a part of. Amen. And stay a part of. Bunch of itchy ear, ear churches out there. You don't, want to, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. Yeah. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you.